All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. We spend a third of our life doing this. It is a part of being a human. It's something that we all, most people feel like they need more of, but not many people actually understand the ins and outs of it. Today, I've invited Ryan Brooks. Ryan Brooks is a sleep coach, and today we're talking about sleep, something that I think when I was younger, I probably took for granted, (laughs) and as I've gotten older, I haven't so much. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, no, it's 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 such an exciting. It, to me, it's an exciting topic because when I first um, started talking to you about this, you told me what a sleep, you know, what you do, and I was like, oh, what's that? And then you told me, and um, we started talking about the different parts of sleep, and I was just fascinated because there's so much that I guess there's, there's so much subconscious. There, there are so many subconscious elements to sleep. You know, um, can you sort of tell us a little bit, of, maybe, about your journey, how you became a sleep coach, or, or what sort of attracted you to the, the whole topic? Uh, there's a few aspects. Um, I guess when I was a kid, um, I had a kind of a rare, I wasn't diagnosed, but I had night terrors. I'd, um, about the age of six or seven, apparently I'd go to sleep and on the hour I'd appear to be awake and I'm um, sometimes sleepwalking or screaming and that sort of thing. And my parents, my poor parents said have bad sleep and I'd wake up going, oh, I had a good sleep. <laughs> so I had those issues and then snoring, I guess. Um, I've kind of I've fixed that up now through what I teach, um, and also as a musician, it's, it's technically I guess shift work. So your your rhythms are all out, and um, the body is very much in line with the earth and its rotation, light and darkness. So that's another challenge. I originally got into researching and and teach coaching this as a high school teacher at a like a um, an alternative sort of school. So I had an opportunity to be able to give like presentations on like mindfulness and and then sleep and then i realized that actually all my friends are complaining they don't get enough sleep and um and i've noticed that from more research guys like matt walker you might have seen him on ted talks and on youtube if you're getting um, less than six hours regularly a night you're not getting the right enough amount of sleep that will repair your body um, release all those hormones and neurotransmitters that um, balance us out um yeah, it's very important. And w- why is it? Do you think that like, as we get older, we start complaining about sleep? Like, is is it that because we're now we work, um, and maybe as kids we didn't? Is uh, is it just maybe our bodies are just evolving and we're sort of just doing more yeah. things, or we're getting tired more? Well, I think it's. I mean, you've got to look at us as a people, as a society. Um, technology arguably has only been around a hundred and twenty years or something. I what I say I identified the three major. Um, elements then impede our ability to have quality sleep is derived from technology. So you've got artificial light, um, you've got devices, and you've got stress, like the 24-hour news cycle. We're now working seven days a week. We can work 24 hours a day if we want, like our businesses. And that stops us from winding down. We, we don't have that natural wind down um, that is induced or 
influenced by our environment, namely the light and darkness cycle, and that keeps our mind and bodies still active. And I, I differentiate everything that I teach. Every part of your body is either active or sleep ready. Um, so if you have a thought, if you're thinking about work at night or relationships, you're lying in bed, um, you're still active. It's still influencing the body and mind to the body and mind think, oh, I've got to do something. So now I say sleeping, it's got to be a skill now because we have to negate these issues. That, that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, because what I've I read something about sleep a while ago that when you sleep, you go through different cycles and, you know, you could literally be asleep, but if your mind is still awake, it's not really, you're not getting quality sleep, I think they call it. Yeah, um, there's quality. Um, so quality sleep, um, from the research and my interpretation of it, as I said, I'm a coach, so all I'm guided by the science, I'm like, how, how do I get someone to understand that they need to change these behaviors, have, have um, what do you call it? confidence in these behaviors to yes. to do make changes but um the first part of sleep is it seems to be for the body um physical repair um and then this, it's the second half of sleep um it's more for the brain so like memory consolidation and all that that neural stuff that you know brain scientists like to talk about um but as me as a coach it's like yeah i need to get you to over seven hours adults need between seven and nine hours I say the magic number is seven and a half hours because there's um, sleep cycles. So they go um, 90 minutes generally, roughly. Um, it's just a good rule of thumb. So if you add it up, 90 minutes, that's one cycle. Three hours, that's two cycles. Four and a half hours, three cycles. Six hours, four cycles. Um, and then the fifth cycle, seven and a half hours of actual sleep. So sleep, yeah, sorry, sleep quality is getting to sleep, sleep latency. Some people takes five minutes or two minutes. Um, other people two hours so we can work towards speeding that up getting less than 15 minutes would be great um, then sleep depth so if we're having lots of wake-ups and you're not getting the time in the like in the mechanic if you're if you're waking up you're not getting repair you're not getting that um rebalance and then um length if you're not at the mechanic for a long enough time the mechanic's not gonna have enough time to fix everything so they're the three i guess areas of quality sleep yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and how does somebody work out that they're not getting enough sleep? Like is it – because sometimes hours could be um, one thing, but someone could still wake up really tired. Um, and I know there could be yeah. hundreds of different possibilities. Could be There could be a medical condition. There could be so many different things. But Yeah, but a lot of medical conditions are um, – I've been researching a lot at the moment on different medical conditions and just you type in whatever the issue is or disorder and sleep. And um, the research is saying improved sleep, it's going to make a difference essentially. Um, wow. But it could be um, snoring because when um, I follow this one sleep expert, her name is um, Dr. Sasha uh, Stasha Gominak, and she's big on nutrients. So I pull I pull from her or steal from her to um, coach people because she's, she's an expert in um, vitamin B, vitamin D in the microbiome um, in the gut. And she talks about acetylcholine. It's a um, – neurotransmitter that helps us get um stay paralyzed in sleep um so we need we need to have that all hormone balance but if you're snoring and this is how i for me i'm i recorded on my app there's an app called sleep cycle and yeah you go why am i not feeling good and you record yourself it's um, noise activated and i noticed that i'd snore and then when i'd snore it'd wake me up because i'd be and then i'd because i'm the the lungs are trying to get air, um, it'd wake me up and then I'm awake. So it stopped all that repair and then I'd move. So because of that, um, 
awakeness, um, waking up, um, not going deep enough, you know. So that can affect. So it could be snoring. Um, it could be environmental Does that noise. Does sleep apnea? Yeah, so that's there's kind of like from least bad to worse. It's like no snoring. Um, so I did this technique that fixed my snoring, and once I did it, I'll just tell you now, <laughs> I just put tape on my mouth essentially. Um, you can get special mouth tape. Um, because what happens is if you, you're you breathing, you, your mouth might slowly open if, if you're normally a nose breather, and then you'll start breathing through your, your mouth. Um, yeah. But what happens is the tongue kind of gets um, caught at the back, but the, the body's still used to breathing through the mouth, and then it's not getting air. The heart speeds up, and the heart speeding up is um, associated with fight or flight, and then it wakes you up. And then fight or flight is action, not sleep ready. Um, so that's one. There's yeah, there's a few aspects that can stop you, like keep you snoring. So yeah, I mouth taped, and then um, I was just no nasal snoring, and but I found it lessened over time. But I didn't wake up with most of my nasal snoring because um, you got to there's yeah with snoring you got to there's elements with musculature you got to build up that it's called um, upper airway muscle tone. So what can happen um, when we're snoring is our upper airway muscle tone is gets floppy so then yeah it encourages snoring and then it kind of collapses and then yeah you'll have snoring issues um so yeah the aim is not to have as much to lessen that body fat around your neck and also your stomach because that body fat can get in the way of the diaphragm um so you're putting unnecessary unnecessary stress and then all this new muscle coordination has to be adapted um by the body just because that's what it does. It, it continually adapts to every situation. But yeah, there's there's so many there's so many things. Um, yeah, so, so it, it's all connected in so many ways. I mean, just like anything health wise. But I guess this is in a way, I don't know, like one of the foundations of health. Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer. Um, the heart tells a story. So we I look at heart rate variability, um, and also breathing. Um, breathing can control the heart, so it can speed it up, slow it down. When I say control it, influence, you can influence the heart and you can um, slow yeah, slow it down, speed it up. Um, and, yeah, breath is so important and the autonomic nervous system. Um, and then I talk about also lowering the brain activity um, so we can get into the a good sleep state um, or sleep-ready state. We know what happens in good sleep. It's parasympathetic dominance. That's the autonomic nervous system as opposed to sympathetic dominance nope. which is your fight or flight or not so extreme just like action orientated we have a heart rate dip if you look at all the sleeping apps so it can go from like 20 percent to 30 percent sometimes 35 percent um my heart rate dips now the app tells me about you know at 25 to 32 percent um because essentially you want to be as still as possible in your sleep um we know that the hormones and neurotransmitters of sleep get released. That's so we're talking about melatonin. We're talking about GABA. Um, we're talking about adenosine. Um, well, actually, not at that time. Adenosine is a. Have you heard of the sleep drive? No. So there's a thing called a sleep drive. You can look it up, but it's very much connected to the concept of adenosine buildup. So at, at the beginning of the day, when we wake up, um, generally, if we're sleeping well. The adenosine levels are low, and as the day goes on, that adenosine builds up. So until it hits a threshold, like a, a like a tipping point or yeah, a threshold, and that's what causes us to feel drowsy. Um, and then we go, oh, it's night time. I want to go to bed. And then melatonin is responsible. Um, it's 
um, the darkness hormone, they call it. It's responsible for winding down systems of the body. And then you've got GABA, which is responsible for um, lowering the activity in your brain. So they all have their purpose. They're um, all doing something different, but they are working towards sleep. So then adenosine, once we go to sleep, the it gets converted to like an energy kind of chemical, and then yes. it lowers, and then that cycle happens again. Yeah, everything's the autonomic nervous system um, and sleep, a circadian rhythm, it's all connected. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. So what are some tips that you can give to somebody that wants to work on their sleep and wants to improve it, apart from maybe having a chat to someone like yourself? Yeah, I was just going to say, you could book an appointment with me. Um, now, um, I'm actually releasing in the next month a modulated course that goes into a lot more detail about, um, you know, the brain, or behaviorally, um, autonomic nervous system hormones, and neurotransmitters of sleep. But essentially, got to be aware of circadian rhythm um we didn't have technology we didn't have device we didn't have artificial light so we were were very much um guided our circadian rhythm our wake up and go to sleep vibes (laughs) um by light and darkness the sun have you noticed that um you might have heard blue light is bad for our sleep Um, yes and that's because research says that it suppresses melatonin and that's a hormone um, that is responsible for winding down the systems of the body. So that helps us get to sleep and also, you know, get deep enough to repair. But um, if you look at the sky during the day, it's blue. Like it, it's literally blue. And um, that um, frequency range or that color range in the light spectrum is like 400 to 500 um, nanometers. Um, and it's just specifically that that spectrum. It's really weird and cool at the same time. I think we need to take a leaf out of nature, then that's pretty punny at the same time. We have um, <laughs> circadian rhythm clocks in nearly every cell of our body. Just research. Go to Google Scholar. Don't just Google it. Um, we have a, um, circadian clocks in nearly every cell of nature, like trees and plants. They are very much um, guided by the light and dark. There's even research that I've read that um, nature, like trees and plants and animals, their circadian rhythms and like the survival and foraging is is being kind of distorted from artificial light that us humans are you know providing. Um, so yeah, being aware of light first, and the and the other concept is it's all about stimulus, stimulation, um, arousal of the brain of the body. So we got to lessen everything that's stimulating us. We're not machines, so we can't just flick a switch. I think what people think right now is, oh, we can still watch TV, have lights, listen to loud music, and then go to sleep. It's not how it works. There's um, The body has biological processes that um, gradually wind down, and they, they work together. They work, I don't know, it's, they, just, they just work together. I don't know a scientific word for it, but they just work together. And yeah. we've got to accept that. We're not machines. We're not droids. We're not apps. We're... Yeah, I want to personally. I want to stay away from sleeping pills and all that. But sometimes we, you, you have to, you know, depending on what's going on in your life. Um, but essentially, there's so much more chemical reactions happening in our body than just um, what a sleeping pill might target. And um, so that's why, therefore, skills approach. So yeah, being aware of our stimulus. That's why they say don't watch TV um, before bed, like two hours, because you need that time 
um, to wind down. If you're watching TV, especially something that's emotionally provocative, your um, emotions are connected to the autonomic nervous system. You're going to get aroused and the body's going to be active as opposed to leading towards sleep ready. And we need to wind down. So that's why in sleep hygiene, they say, have some sleepy tea, to, um, have a warm bath, um, read a book. Because if you're watching TV or, or on your devices, not only getting that blue light, which is suppressing the melatonin, um, you're you're activating parts of your body, parts of your brain. Because um, TV, you got visual stuff, so it's got it's going to activate or stimulate those visual cortexes. You got auditory stuff that's going to activate that. Um, you got emotional stimulus; it's going to activate that. So that's why. You've probably heard people say, oh, I read a textbook, a boring textbook, and I go to sleep because you don't have any visual stuff. There's just the printed word. It's not emotionally provocative. So um, it's going to help wind down. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, and, and I'm also thinking like back in the caveman days. I love to relate things back to the caveman days. But I mean, like yeah. back then, you sort of when the sun was up, you woke up. When the sun went down, you normally went to bed. I mean, no one, no one back then stayed up on Netflix at four o'clock in the morning listening to David Attenborough documentaries. You know, like it was, you know, it was sort of it's the way our body originally functioned. Well, I don't know about originally, but you know, thousands of years ago. So, yeah, we were more in tune with um, just light and darkness there was no technology to to help us stay active at night like computers phones artificial light they help us um still be you know do work um, be productive at a time when if you believe in creation or evolution if we were just evolved to cycles look at tides there's a cycle you look at um the sun there's a cycle seasons there's cycles but got to get more into that cyclic um that gradual build up and gradual wind down that the earth just does. Um, yeah. Um, and also if you're going to, if we want to get to quick, if we're going to get to bed or to sleep quick, we need to learn to wake up quick as well. Um, and that's where um, shift workers that it's really like nurses, um, ER doctors and all that. They've got it tough and because they've got shifts all over the place. Um, our bodies are designed to, you know, gradually up, gradually down and, if you shift that, it's just going to get confused. It doesn't understand, you know, um, rostering. It, it's going, wait a minute, this we should be asleep now or wait, we should be awake now. Like, it gets confused. Yeah, of course. And I, I just think of my chickens. Like the, the second in the morning the sun's up, they're up. And the second it's, the sun starts going down at about, I mean, depending when you're listening to this in Australia, but I mean like here in Queensland, 6 o'clock, 6.30, normally the sun's down. Um, the chooks, they know straight away and that's it. Like they won't even like run around, nothing. They'll just literally just chill and sleep, you know. So so well, that, uh, one thing you might, your listeners um, might have a family, go camping and, and turn off your devices at night and, it's a good way to reset your circadian rhythms um, because there's, you're not going to be influenced by you know TV shows and that really embrace the nature <laughs> and rise with when you feel like you're going to wake up and go to sleep when you feel sleepy. Um, you're, yeah. not, you're not going to be overly stimulated. Yes, yes. And and w when you and I were talking the other day, you mentioned to me um, that people that sleep and sleep really well or don't sleep really well, uh, part of that could be the way they were brought up as children, um, like the habits that they had that their parents put on them, things like Can you sort of just expand on that little topic? Because I found that pretty cool. Yeah. As a teacher, I'm noticing the change in um, like teenagers, you know, um, they're gaming late at night and that's that's really disrupting our their circadian rhythm um i'm 40 now so when i was a teen 
there was just TV and TV got boring, you know, after 10, 11 o'clock after the, the late night movie. Oh, it's not really late. The 8.30 movie, 9 o'clock movie. I'd work at McDonald's, um, come back at about midnight. That was late. Put on the TV, 10 minutes, boring, go to sleep. There's just so many things that stimulate us and keep us interested. Um, also, yeah, that habitual training of going to bed, like strict routines. If we, we're creatures of nature, we're um, creatures of what do you call it? It's called behavioral conditioning. If you can encourage your child to keep going to bed at the same time and keep the, um, the room just for sleeping, it's, um, they associate it with sleep. And then you can build in those routines and habits and, and it can be shown to like stay with you for the rest of your life. Um, it's good to analyze, talk to your friends who sleep really well, the people who say, oh, I can be sleep in two minutes and then, you know, wake up fresh. Ask them, like, yeah, what are their habits about their childhood upbringing? Um, how do they do it? And, again, it's a habit and you can go back to those those kind of concepts of making a new habit in 30 days. It, it's possible. There's neuroplasticity, essentially. It's just saying you can change, but, you you know, you got to want to and you got to put some effort in. And what are some ways someone can track their sleep? You mentioned Sleep Cycle. Um, I think it's an app. Um, I know, like on fitness devices, they track your sleep these days and um, what type of sleep you're getting. Um, yeah. Is there any particular type of thing that you'd recommend that you've seen works? Um, for me, I want to track heart rate, um, and I want to also I'd like to track environmental noise and my check my snoring um, because if I'm snoring and if I'm moving, I'm waking up, and that's not good. So. Yeah, I use Sleep Cycle because it's really good at tracking the um, the noise and categorizing it um, just for that. Um, then I use Sleep Watch for looking at my heart rate. It, it does it average every five minutes. Then there's Auto auto Sleep. That's another good one. Um, it, they say it's accurate, but sometimes I find some discrepancies. But just look at big picture, go for big kind of trends and not the like intricate stuff. You'll know by how you feel, how good or bad your sleep is. But you can start tracking, um, okay, I'm doing this. Is this having any effect on my sleep? Um, it's a good way to, you know, just check yourself out. Yep, and now yep, before, yep. before you try anything new, get like a, a base, like what's my sleep normally like before I try anything new. It seems like the more we talk about this, the more – I'm questions. really starting to understand yeah. well, questions, yeah. but also how everyone. I'm, I'm starting to really understand that everyone's situation is completely different, and I think that's where it yeah. does help to talk to someone like yourself because it really does need. To, it's like medication, you know. Not everyone has to take the same medication because everyone's circumstance is different. It's like financial advice. It's all, mm -hmm. you know. So, and I think that's where it helps to have a someone like yourself to actually look at someone's situation and, and to guide them as well. Yeah, I have a you know. 33 um, intake. Uh, an intake questionnaire of 33 questions where I size someone up by um, what they're experiencing, um, how their diet and exercise is and a whole lot of stuff. And I can kind of figure out where I need to point them in where the changes have to make. Yeah. yeah. And if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, what would you say the best way for them to do that is? Um, just check out my website, um, www.thesleepcoach.live. Um, and it's got all the deets there. And you'll see a couple of my frameworks. I've got a well-being framework. I've got a sleep framework. Um, and and essentially, yeah, um, these frameworks are big picture and doesn't matter where you're at with your sleep, we've all got to kind of jump on this framework as a skills-based yeah. approach to get to sleep.
Yes, yes. And, and also what I'll do is I'll put the, the description of your, sorry, the, the hyperlink of your website in the description of the, this episode as well for awesome. anybody that wants to listen to it um, and to click on it, sorry. Um, and, uh, and finally, I like to finish all episodes off with a dad joke um, and a fan of sleep joke. Awesome. Um, so how do you put a baby astronaut to sleep? I don't know. You rock it. <laughs> nice. Rock it to sleep. So funny. So. Oh, it's, it's, mate, I've got a whole list here, but uh, we'll, we'll leave them for later. But no, thank okay. you so much for your time, Ryan, again. Um, really appreciate it, mate. And it's, again, such a... I thought was a simple topic, which has turned out not to be very simple at all. But, you know, um, luckily we've got people like yourself that can guide people, um, you know, along their journey of getting better sleep. Yeah, thanks, Michael. I'm passionate about it. I love it um, because I wanted to figure out what I can get away with, with sleep, but what I can't get away with. Yeah. No, No, I can tell. I can tell. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.